segments we're really interested in doing for our podcast is just sort of discussions about the character like characters droids different ships throughout any of the canon i suppose any of the legends as well material i don't see why not primarily character i can't talk primarily canon though because i mean that's where that's where the meat is that's where the meat is okay And the first character we're going to be doing is Ransom Castafo. Yes. Such an intriguing young man. Very in intriguing. The, uh, in the sequel, sequel era. Yeah, I think um, I really like this sort of segment because especially, especially when we do sort of new canon characters Yeah. Um, who have originated through these books, I feel like nobody... I mean, I I won't say nobody because I don't know, but no no one I've listened to has like really had a proper like look into these characters, and I'm not saying we're gonna be like the greatest things ever, no. but <laughs> but I feel I mean, we're, like we're um, starting up. Yeah. So we're a bit rough. We do apologize. Right. We're just trying to get into the into the swing of it. Yeah, but I think this is, this is a really cool opportunity to to really take a look at. Some of these new characters and why they were compelling because Castrofo is very much a, a compelling character and a really exciting piece of bloodline. He is. It's such a, he's one of the most important pieces, I think. Mm-hmm. He's one of the characters that I started reading, and I love Claudia Gray. Claudia Gray, who wrote Bloodline, she's just she's just very good at just creating these characters that you seem to care, you just care so much about. Because mm-hmm. at the beginning of the book. You don't really care about uh, Ransom. Right. He's sort of this jerk, this sort of aristocratic, like, twerp. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sort of stuck-up Imperial. Like, Leia herself, she sort of sees him as just another one of these senators, centrists, the opposite side mm-hmm. to Leia's pie. Just another one of these, like, sort of young, immature well, it's like it's like a mixture of like not immature, but like mature in the sense of like how he reacts and stuff. Yeah, and like he's he's living in this world that he doesn't understand how people had to sacrifice to get here. Yeah, that's you know? Leia's main gripe with him is that he he lives in this world, this sort of free, peaceful world that she helped create. Right. And he still believes in the ideals of certain things. 
that we'll mm-hmm. discuss. Yeah, I think um, just to add to what you were saying, Claudia Gray is like the the baseball player who is like huge and can just hit home runs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's that's her role in the Star Wars like canon <laughs> delivery. <laughs> I feel like like they bring her on every now and again to just knock it out because because Lost Stars was a blockbuster and um, Bloodline is you know arguably better. So I think she she did a really good job with this this character because yeah you do start off and you're like oh okay well we know what this guy's about we know we know why this is going to be a conflict for Leia he's the cookie cutter shaped character right. he's the she's there to be frustrating right. and then and then it switches up and you're like oh wow okay this guy there's more to this guy he's actually you know there's there's times where he's courageous and he's sort of going out on a limb to to help his enemy, whether or not he, you know, for a... whether he, or not he knows how much use it will do. But, you know, you see this sort of streak in him where he's not this... He's less of the brat and more of the... someone you would see in the Rebellion. And... Um, and then he sort of, you know, he becomes more of an ally, and then... Oh, actually, we're going to switch it up again. And, you know, and so she, she did a great job of, of really sort of flipping the table on, on this character to keep you, keep you guessing and keep you excited about what the next step was because it was always, it always felt like it was changing. Oh, for sure. You, you're constantly on that sort of, um, is he good, is he bad? Mm-hmm. And it's not like a, it's not really like a twist, like he just randomly changes. It's a slow yeah. progression, and right. there's moments where he could turn slightly, I guess, bad, slightly better than we thought before. Mm-hmm. There's these moments that it really hits, and you're sort of very... Because you start the book, at least for me, as you start the book off in Leia's shoes. Because mm-hmm. we've known Leia the longest, and it's, it's, it's her book, it's Leia's book, Bloodline. But we've, like I said, we've known her the longest. We've been through what she's been through. Right. We've seen what's happened. We've seen what the Empire's like. And then we, we meet this guy, and he sort of does stuff. He, like the scene with the, um, where it's his office, and we see the stuff behind him. It's the Imperial flags, the Imperial yeah. helmets. The sort like of the, very much in the same way how you would react if you saw someone like collecting Nazi memorabilia. Exactly, and the first thought we have as, an, as a reader, at least for, for me, is you think, "How dare you?" Mm-hmm. You get so you kind of get a bit angry because we're in Leia's point of view. Yeah, you you feel it from her from her side, where it's like, "Are you kidding me?" Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, I mean, just to keep the Nazi metaphor going, like Alderaan was essentially like the most Holocaust type event. So when you have like a victim of that, of that same like, you know, just insanity of brutality, walk into this guy's office where he's glorifying this thing that he shouldn't even understand. It's it's yeah it it, it sort of it really knocks you back and you're like you you're just like wow this guy is awful. <laughs> and it's those yeah it's like his environment is a uh, another person at all. 
his environment is another personification of himself. Mm-hmm. We go into this office, we see the Imperial stuff, we get annoyed, we get frustrated, because from what we've seen, the Empire is awful. It's it's the enemy. Yeah. And then gradually, we learn his story. And even that gets turned on its head. Mm-hmm. Then that has some sort of purpose. We sort of understand it a bit more. Right. And, like you said, Claudia is just brilliant at getting that across. Like, nothing is just there, nothing is just... Like background material, just because it's background material, mm. it helps inform the character. Yeah, everything had a purpose, and everything, and because everything had a purpose, every decision made sense. Like you're like, oh, of course, of course, this was gonna happen. Exactly. Yeah, nothing seems. But, but but you didn't know you didn't know it would happen. <laughs> but when it happens, it makes total sense. You know, it's it's kind of like that. And so, like we said, we get into um, Ransom's character. And gradually we see he's sort of impressed by Leia. They had butt heads at first, but gradually they respect each other. And then we see him, like you said, uh, getting more involved, fighting, uh, just risking his life to save Leia. Mm-hmm. And when he sort of opens himself to her and tells her the stories, it's a really intriguing... One of the most intriguing things for me was... His age, this guy that... Because Leia just dismisses him. He's a, he was a child when the Empire was at its forefront. Yeah. But, but he received a lot of that, like, like a dark childhood. Yeah, very much so. Was it, but did Vader, like, almost choke out his father or something? Uh, yeah, I, it says that uh, Vader... I remember Vader was help, was overseeing the planet, his home planet. Mm-hmm. And um, his family were mining material, which was going to be used for the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And like they just choked out and threatened, and that sort of um, that figure, like a New Hope figure of Vader, that horrible, like breathing the big, just this monster. Right. For a six-year-old to deal with that, you would be terrified. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be, you'd be bloody frightened. Yeah, of course. And it's the sort of the horrific sort of because you forget about it slightly, because we're in, like I said, we're in the. As a reader, we're in Leia's point of view because we know things. Uh, that other people don't know. We know that Vader is a father. We know that Vader was Anakin. We let mm-hmm. Vader off. I think most of us let Vader off, in Return of the Jedi at the end. He's redeemed. Yeah. But yeah. not to Leia, and not to Ransom. Right, I mean, imagine how much... It's one of those things um, that is so exciting about this sequel era. It's like, imagine what they talked about after the party. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> like, did Leia even care? Like, how how Darth Vader died? You know, it's like... I mean, she, it... He was her enemy, like... They do talk about Leia's sort of point of view, and it does change, and it's, con- mm-hmm. it's conflicted. I think she understands that. Um, oh, they try to, she tries to, like, focus more on Anakin, right? Yeah, like, Anakin... Well, she sees him as the same, yeah, sort of person, but... Mm-hmm. She, she can't excuse him for what he, he did. Mm-hmm. She's trying to understand. Yeah. Like, she learns certain things. She knows about Padme. She knows... 
and then eventually she learns exactly what happens and why it happened. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this the same guy that grasped her as she, everyone she loved blew up. Yeah. Who subjected her to horrible torture. And even to Luke, who at the time was her friend, and then later on, obviously, is her brother. The stuff he did to him, like mentally, physically. And Han Solo, of course. And Han, yeah. It's just... Yeah. You would... You couldn't just get over that. Right. And I guess, like, when we see the comic books and the novels and we see more of the, like, the rebels, just, you're just people. Mm-hmm. You just wanted to get out of this empire, just killed. You can't just separate him and say, oh, well, it wasn't his fault, because it was his fault. Right. But for Ransom, that, it's not, it's not good enough at all for him, obviously. Yeah. And it was good to see his point of view because it sort of dragged you out of that post Return of the Jedi sort of mindset, and you sort of think, "Oh God, this guy is—he—he he is horrible. Mm-hmm. He was horrible. Darth Vader was this horrible machine that just subjected people to the most horrible torture." Yeah, and I feel like I feel like the um, the new canon is is very much trying to remind us of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Through through rebels and Rogue One, <laughs> like he, he's gonna be, he's gonna be the brutal, the brutal villain, you know, and not not the sympathetic character that really develops throughout Return of the Jedi. Exactly, and like that's the thing. Like, there's those, those images of like Vader thinking about Padme and crying, and even though that's beautiful, it's not, it's not quite right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you can imagine there was a time for it, but it not it couldn't have been like too soon or anything. It was the like, no. You, I would imagine post Revenge of the Sith, like I always think back to that um, Dark Lord novel. Yeah, where he was. I mean, it was very. It was basically like the weeks after. And he was still grappling with that, and I feel like it has a it has a, it has its place there, but you can't oh, be like yeah, yeah, early on, like when he's screaming. Yeah, out. but like you can't have it like he's meditating before Rogue One. He's like, oh, oh I miss my wife, <laughs> and then mm. and then he's like, oh, let's go chop some rebels up. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's got to he's got to bury it. He's I mean, I, I think by by rebels he he has based on I think what Dave Filoni's. What I think Dave Filoni's saying is, you know, it's it's very much this idea of not not accepting what was in Anakin, but destroying it, right? He's starting it in episode three. Mm-hmm. Because we have to remember, yeah, I'm not sure if it's two personalities. It is slightly. It's it's kind of hard to think about. There's two sort of personalities. I mean, we're going to Vader now. We should be talking about Ransom, but we'll get back to him. <laughs> but with Vader, it's it's like he's slowly taking bits out. It's always his point of view, but he's changing parts. It's not it's not Anakin in the wrong. Mm-hmm. It's Obi Wan. Yeah. The Jedi betrayed Anakin. Right. Palpatine didn't betray Anakin. Palpatine was on his side. He he's he's the leader. Mm-hmm. He's a Sith. 
he caused this, but he's doing what was right. And then Padme betrayed Anakin. Yep. And then he became Vader. And then later on we see, oh no, Palpatine did betray me. That doesn't mean the Jedi were right. It just means Palpatine betrayed him as well. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take this boy, who's my son, he's my property, we're going to go after Palpatine. Right. And then I will take back off the Empire again. And it's sorted. And, and we'll rule it. <laughs> exactly. No. And that's wrong. And then he realizes. No. Because like, he, no. he kills off the Anakin sort of persona. Like mm -hmm. he can't think that's he can't think of what he used to he used to have because yeah. he was betrayed. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing until watching him being electrocuted was based on love. Exactly. And, I, and that's such. That's what makes that such a powerful scene. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it seeps in at the end of the Empire. Mm -hmm. The bit where he's in the Star Destroyer is one of my favorite scenes where he just he's like, <sighs> all right, <laughs> like uh, need uh, is it Piet who um, yeah is expected <laughs> just to get killed? And he's right. Like, oh, okay. Like we got out of that one. Oh, yeah. Not bad. Okay. Anyway, yeah, so ransom. Let's, let's get back to our, ma our main dude. Our main dude, <laughs> ransom. And then we we see um, Castavo slowly uh, work with Leia, mm -hmm. and the whole point we won't go into details like too much about the crux of the plot. But after a um, a bombing, the Nap King bombing, which if, which kills a lot of senators on the um, home planet, right? Or the uh, Republic, which I think is still Hosnian Prime, right? Yeah, the, I think the majority of all this stuff is is there. Yeah. So on Hosnian Prime, there was a bombing which killed plenty of sep uh, separatists, uh, senators, and both sides attack each other. Like that wouldn't happen in real life. And this is the um, the what are they called? Populists. The uh, Phileia. Yeah. Yeah, the populists. Right. So so the bombing the bombing was on their faction, right? Right. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I guess maybe we should mention that Castrofo is a centrist. He's a centrist, yes. which are the primarily um, ex-imperial factions, right? Mm-hmm. Which uh, will sort of lead into uh, our friends in the First Order. Yeah, eventually. Um, mm -hmm. And I always got the idea that the end of the book sort of suggested that the planets withdrew from the New Republic, right? Um, had it happened by the end of Bloodline? It says that Lady, uh, is it Indian? Uh huh. She was uh, writing up the uh, sort of the document to suggest that they were going to leave. Oh, okay, right. New Republic, and that makes sense because it just seems to suggest that they're still under the Imperial... If there are planets from the Imperial sectors, mm -hmm. they would still have that um, treaty over them. But they can just police themselves by using stormtroopers, by using... Right, right. Etc. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it's it's where everything really begins to unravel politically. Politically, it's brilliant. Yeah. Like, um, they have an actual reason to attack the New Republic mm -hmm. and create war. 
Like, they can't say, oh, well, we didn't do anything, because they were. Like, the, the resistance is illegal. Yeah, yeah. But with Ransom, we see him slowly uncover this plot, and even he... He doesn't know what to believe, I think, regarding his own political beliefs. He wants something similar to the Empire, structure-wise. Yeah, that, that was a big point of his, that I think ultimately, when, when Leia couldn't believe what he was saying, it ultimately sort of became something she could understand, where yeah, he was like, he's like, I don't believe in the Empire, but... I believe in, in a, the imperial model, the imperial <laughs> of, some, model of sorts, you know. Some sort of control. Mm-hmm. Because the New Republic are too... Uh, if we use a real word, sort of wording, are too sort of left-wing. Mm-hmm. In the sense that... I suppose you could argue that they don't want to do anything, like, fighting-wise. They cut down the military... Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it allows for the, the political, um, the political situation. Like, the, the nature of the New Republic allows for this schism between factions. And, and as we can see throughout our own history and, (laughs) um, galactic history, when you have factions who are so hardline, and so unwilling to, um, you know, make any sort of compromise, any deal, you see what happens. You see gridlock. You see the inability to make any sort of advancement. And so he sees he sees this weakness that the New Republic basically fosters, and and it's it's hard it's sort of hard to disagree with him. Of course, the an imperial model would allow for. Um, advancements whether or not you agree with them it would allow for action to be taken and i think that's probably his biggest um gripe with the new republic is in action exactly i think the whole crux of bloodlines we have leia who is supposed to be the ideal like sort of um populist leader Mm -hmm. like left wing and then we have uh Ransom, who's the sort of the leader of the centrist. He's not the leader of the centrist, but he's the popular sort of youthful model. Yeah, he's very much the the right wing, the face of it, or becoming the face of it, whether or not. And they both actually leading. Yeah, they both believe that they should be further their own direction mm-hmm. on each way, but they both realise they're actually in the middle. Yeah, Leia realises that the New Republic have got. The current government, the populists, are too inactive. They won't respond mm-hmm. to what seems like common sense to Leia. And for um, Ransom, the uh, centrists, they're too... They're the same as the Empire. They're these sort of... Um, these uh, politicians who just care about themselves. Mm-hmm. And the positions for themselves... If war means that they get a better job and opportunity and money, they don't care. And yeah. they both find themselves bickering with each other, but agreeing and sort of coming somewhere in the in the middle. 
And I think that sort of sums up the resistance, would you say? Yeah, in a way. For sure. It's that mold of, or the, the blend of, um, you know, this this sort of looking at injustice and wanting to combat that. And, um, but also sort of doing what needs to be done. Like it's sort of realism and liberalism combined. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's just this sort of perfect. It's like in this situation for Star Wars, it seems like the perfect idea to stop this threat. It's, it's just to take it on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting. Um, and I think like, as as any good sort of political uh, story should be, apart from probably Lady Carice, there aren't really any bad guys. Like, nobody's good and nobody's bad, you know? Well, I mean, yeah. The First Order are pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, her. She's probably, like, the only exception. And oh, Leia's she's horrible. She's guy. the worst. Yeah. But, like, politically, it's... You can see why no no side is necessarily um, 100% right, 100% wrong, and yeah, I, I think I think that's that's why, or at least you you see their reasoning, so you don't feel like they're the worst. But um, I think that's what makes the politics of it even better, because because when you can see both sides, where people are coming from. You don't, you don't really pick a side, and you see, you can see how the the relationships are allowed to change and go in and out, and obviously apart from Lady Carice who sucks. <laughs> yeah, she's the one. Um, yeah, you can. It's 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 fun. I think it makes the politics very interesting in in Bloodline. And I think we've, we've talked a lot more about Bloodline itself than. I mean, we talked about Ransom. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the sort of the main because he's, like I said, he's the personification of the whole political like debate in the book. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to ask you, what did you think about the fate of Ransom? Yeah, it's um, it's pretty dark, right? <laughs> it's very dark. Yeah, I don't know. I it's one of those things where it's like, I would love if he played a role in Episode Eight by Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, that, that's another thing I wanted to, to talk about. It's something great that Claudia Gray brings up, is how she keeps, like, actors in mind. Yeah. <laughs> She's writing these characters. She did it with Lost Stars as well. You see, um, it's brilliant. Yeah, and, and yeah, Tom Hiddleston is the the the, the character, or the person <laughs> she used for a Ransom. And uh, it's great, because you, you can see that sort of the the appeal both like um as a as a physical per like physically and personality you can see this how like just imagine imagine tom hiddleston in politics <laughs> like yeah exactly like it's it's like justin trudeau on on steroids <laughs> you know wow what a way to describe him right so it, it's yeah just sort of this young guy this young guy with Charisma and loves a cape, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and who can who can really like make people sit up and um, 
I think it, it's it's really it's a really fascinating way to to view the character when you can put a face on him, and it, it's really cool that Claudia Gray tells people <laughs> who she thought of. <laughs> it's very depressingly ironic, the fate of Ransom. Yeah. In the sense that he brings back the death penalty for his home planet. Right. And then right. ends up on trial. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, sucks. I mean that's that's what I was thinking. Like, it would be it would be amazing if if there was a way to tie him back in, and you know maybe that's an opening plot line of the movie. It's sort of like rescuing this guy. I don't. It wouldn't make any. It wouldn't really make any sense, but it would be fun for me and anyone who read Bloodline to sort of see this character continue to make a difference, or maybe. I don't know. Maybe it works better that he goes right. He goes right down. Yeah, I, I think that's like an interesting debate about the fate of Ransom, whether he mm-hmm. should escape. I think if he should, if he was to escape, if it's in a sequel, maybe that Claudia writes. Because to me, it has to happen soon after, like Bloodline. Yeah. If she's formed the Resistance, I think one of the first missions is to break him out of there. Like illegally, mm-hmm. because he won't last that long. Right? Yeah, they wouldn't keep him in jail for six years. Exactly. Especially if it's a, it'll be if it's a first order planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he he'll be gone, and also because Leia gets back at Lady Carice by um, getting rid of her title. Mm-hmm. To me, that's not quite the same as like stopping someone from. <laughs> being put to death. Yeah. It helps Leia out a bit more. She's kind of like, oh, well, I got her back. And it is annoying. It's like, the thing that affects her the most. Mm-hmm. At the same time, her friend's about to get killed. Right, right. And she's forming an illegal militia. Just break him out. Yeah. I, I, I do hope there's a sequel. I mean, it's, it, it's sort of the, the Claudia Gray syndrome. She writes a book and we want a sequel. Exactly. <laughs> but do we need it? That's the bigger question. Do we need it, Matt? I'd say no, probably. Um, a question of need? Or I don't one. think so. Yeah. Um, need? I, I don't know. It's a, it depends. Like, For me, the idea of like the formation of the resistance, which we get, but that's sort of starting up. And... Here. Maybe another way to look at it. Would you rather have a Bloodline sequel or a Lost Stars sequel? Oh, no. You can only... You have the power to choose. <laughs> <laughs> Save the one you love. There's two books in front of you. One will burn. And the book is... <laughs> uh, Lost Stars. It's a tough one. It's to be it's a Lost Stars sequel. Yeah? I think so. I don't... But that doesn't, doesn't include the characters. We can have like a sequel which <laughs> the characters of Bloodline in a separate book, right? Oh, um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Test the third of the book. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just saying that so I, I, I can read it one day. <laughs> yeah. I it's, don't um, like endings. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's tough when she she creates these great characters and you want to you want to have follow through on them, but she can't write two books at once. So. Uh, Who knows? Maybe someday. We'll see. Maybe one day. 
So what do you what do you think is is happening? Do, do you expect that's the end for Ransom Casper or? I think based on the character and based on, I think it's hard because we have to have sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And like consequences, and that makes perfect sense for him to be killed off. Yeah. But at the same time, I think he's such an important character, and he's such a sort of um, an interesting character. Yeah. Someone who could be on the same side as Leia, but question her, argue right. with her. And I, f- I think he has a presence. I think he has a presence which could be useful. Like in a future Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, I'm. I think I feel very much the same because it's like, yeah, I, I'm still sort of grappled, like wishy-washy on whether or not the the dramatic purpose is better served with him having paid the price. Yeah. Or, but yeah, I agree. I I do see this, you know, this this world where there's a um, there's a character who is both an ally, but also an antagonist type thing. Um, which, I mean, if we ever get into episode eight theories, this can very much be the case. Um, but it won't be, probably won't be ransom. Um, but I, yeah, I think there's a role for a political rival who is sort of on the same side, but also isn't. Okay. Um, but yeah, whether or not that is for him, I'm not sure. I guess at the moment I'm leaning, as much as I would like to see him, I'm leaning towards the greater effect is that he he paid the price. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Like, it's, it's more dramatic. Mm-hmm. And it, it gives you that sort of, um, it's like Han dying. Mm-hmm. You have to have that dramatic. Yeah, and it's, it's gotta, it's gotta suck. <laughs> it has to suck, you know, for it to get good again. Yeah, because it, it's, it's, it's the same thing with Han. It's like he's still, there was still so much you could do with Han, but it's cut off, and that, that's part of the tragedy. Oh yeah, and. It's such a beautiful, like, full story for the character in the book. Mm-hmm. And like we said earlier, like, just keeps going on and on, and we get this perfect, depressing <laughs> little ending. And right. What a little... It's the sort of... It's the way of... Um, this this character may pass away, but at least to help birth something better with the Resistance. Yeah. And if that is the case, it it might also be a bit of a sweet spot where... You get, you get why he was important. You get his life. You get everything about him. You sort of understand what his deal is, and then he gets this awful ending for him. Exactly. But you still don't get too attached, so you're not like distraught when it happens. I don't know. The scene in the, the scene in the Senate mm-hmm. where he reveals the message about Leia and her parentage. Mm-hmm. And Le- Leia's heart breaks. Yeah. 
and his heart breaks. It's one of the most beautiful scenes mm-hmm. I've read in such a long time in Star Wars. Right. And it's so emotional, and it's it was it was just beautiful to me, like uh, and depressing. Yeah. Because you get this visual, like you get this visual of um, the Senate room and all these people bickering all around, and then there's just an eye an eye line between Leia and Ransom. It's like the the quiet and the the eye of the storm type. It's the quiet type thing. And they're both upset. Nothing good came of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and they're they're not upset for political reasons. Exactly, because they're, it's their friendship could have ended. Got, yeah, just blew up basically. And he's not happy that he did it, and she's not happy that she lied to him. Mm-hmm. And she didn't really like. I guess I suppose she did sort of lie, but it was her secret, mm-hmm. and. She never, and it's the fact that she never heard those words by Bell. Yeah, yeah. It's the most saddest scene I've seen in a long time. <laughs> after Han. Yep. And it's just, it just made me, it made me so sad. Right, right. No, yeah, it is. It is. Um, it's it's a brutal, it's a brutal story, and it's good and it's powerful, and it's it's powerful to the um. To the extent necessary for the novel, um, but I think personally, I still don't think. You know, I, th- I feel I felt like it was it was a sweet spot, of, of really like getting into this character, but also, it's not like we were dragged on for, for, a bunch of years and then he got ripped away. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it, it's a it's a good it's a good little mix to where to where it can hurt, but it's not. Not the worst feeling. <laughs> he's no, he's no one for you. Yeah, you can appreciate the uh, the dr- the dramatic weight without like going to bed crying. Exactly. So yeah, he, he's a he was a good character, and whether or not that was his end, he definitely I think served a a really strong role in in this new canon that we've that we're digging into. To quote a wise. Um, leader of ours. We shall see. Ooh. Oh, man. oh, maybe he's Snoke. Oh my God! <laughs> I think Palpatine just disbanded the Imperial Senate. <laughs>